Well, I've been praying, praying that I could find a continued way to go deeper because I have this hunger and passion. I have this thirst for even a deeper, more connected, more intimate, more personal relationship with Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I've been praying that I would have even a a deeper hunger for his word, that I would just be able to make time, longer time, to bask in his presence, that I would have time to, to do what I needed to do for personal praise, for personal worship, and that I could be praying through a lifestyle of prayer, not a sit down and close my eyes and pray, but that I could be living my prayer. And I I found myself a few months ago saying, God, I just want to experience your glory. God, I want more of you. God, show me. Show me. So I want to talk. I want to share with you what I've found out about the glory of God, the very presence of God, because I feel that he is calling each one of us, still wooing us closer to him to get, get all of the confusion, distraction, chaos out of the way so that we might have more time with him. The glory of God, it really cannot be defined. The Hebrew word for glory means heavy. And it's not a like weight in pounds heavy, but it's this overwhelming heaviness of the weight of something really good. Do you feel that? Like, wow, the glory of God. It's the glory of God is God's splendor, his majesty, the sovereignty, the abundance of his love for us. His, his, God is perfect. It's his infinite worth. He's holy. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's everywhere present. All that God is as God that nobody else has. That's the glory of God. Does that make sense to you? All of God's characteristics, his authority, his power, his wisdom, his beauty, his gloriousness, infinite beauty, infinite greatness. I could go on and on. I just made lists and lists. But the glory of God is God in all of God's goodness. Sovereign, holy, faithful, compassionate, just. We could just continue to throw out descriptors of who we have experienced God to be. But listen to this. Where the Lord is, his glory is revealed. Where the Lord is, his glory is revealed. Do you get that? I just said God is everywhere present. So if that is true, then everywhere we are, we have access to the glory of God, to the magnificent, perfected presence of God. You got to let that sink in because I feel that, well, I know that I'm missing it a lot of the time, and I feel that you would join me in that. 
Now, in the Old Testament, the stories of God's glory were, re, were explained in many different ways, and God's glory manifests itself in many different ways. Scripture says, as an all-consuming fire, you know that God's presence was, was symbolized by a, a pillar of cloud or fire, by the radiance and brilliance, by a thunderstorm. And then in Isaiah 40, the prophet prophesies about the coming of Jesus, God's glory actualized in the flesh. God's glory incarnate. Flesh, bone, here on earth. In Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet says, comfort, comfort my people. And he tells Jerusalem that all of their sins will be redeemed and that there is someone coming. Verse 5 of Isaiah 40, the glory of the Lord, that's Jesus Christ, will be revealed and all mankind shall see it together. That's the promise. I cling to that promise. The day is coming when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then in Luke, we hear it. You, re- you remember this. I mean, think back to the peanuts thing when Linus is telling that story. And the shepherds were in the field watching their flocks by night. And what happened? The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And what? They were sore afraid. That often happens. The glory of God is the radiance of all that God is in God's godness. And sometimes it's extremely overwhelming. Sometimes we don't know what to do with it. Sometimes it's very fulfilling. It's full of joy. Sometimes we feel utter peace when we experience the glory of the Lord. God's heavy presence on our minds, on our hearts, and even in our bodies. That's how we experience God when we choose, I think that was part of your prayer too, when we choose to open up to how God's going to reveal himself to us, when we choose to open up in worship. Often in scripture, when people experience the glory of God, they fell out on the floor, they fainted. Or they fell to the ground, were knocked down to the ground. Now, here's what I think. When we are in the presence of God, and when we are aware of it, when we are intentionally saying, I want to experience your presence, I want to see your glory, I want to feel you and your glory, O oh God, I believe that we feel it in our bodies. We are changed. There may be this, this energy. Some of you know this, that you get goosebumps or the hair stands up or, you, or tears start to come and you're having this bodily reaction to something you've, you've seen or heard or felt. That's how the Holy Spirit works to get us to, to be more aware of God's glory, of God's presence. Well, what does this have to do with us today? I believe everything, because as I mentioned earlier, I believe that we need help. Our nation and our church as an entire denomination and as a really a church universal is made up of sinful, wounded, broken people 
We have chosen to go our own way. We have chosen to do our own thing. And as I mentioned earlier, this is just, it just keeps coming up to me that we have chosen to remove Jesus from the throne of our very existence. We have chosen to put ourselves up here and Jesus, well, somewhere whenever we have time for him. We've got to change things, my friends. We've got to do something. We've got to be where we can, instead of religion, like the Pharisees, hey, I'm holier than thou type of religion, to relationship, we, when we can get to that point, we will be vessels for the love and light of Jesus Christ to flow through. I haven't even gotten to scripture yet, have I? She <laughs> was. Um, Exodus 33. Exodus 33. It's a great example of how God showed his glory to Moses. I'll start with the 12th verse. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Moses says, if, if you've found favor with me, if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said, well, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us away from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Now listen to this. What else will distinguish me and your people from all of the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked me to do because I am pleased with you and I do know you by name. And Moses said, verse 18, show me your glory, Lord. Show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. That heavy godness all of that glorious beauty of his presence. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, the glory of the Lord, that radiant light. You cannot see my face for no one may see me. And live. Do you hear the power in that? The awestruck wonder, I feel, just to hear about that. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you a cleft in, in the cleft in the rock. I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. Some of you may remember that old hymn, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. 
Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure or something. I left something out, but that's, that's the brunt of it. God, through his Holy Spirit now, gives us exactly what we need to be under the shadow of his wings, to be protected, to be under that large shield of faith when we are living the battles of the world. I want to see your glory, O Lord. Moses was given that manifestation, but now the Holy Spirit brings us into the glory of of the Lord when and as we worship and when we humble ourselves and exalt our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we can know that heavy-weighted presence of Jesus because he has He has interceded on our behalf. He's the intermediary between God and us. The Holy Spirit brings our attention back to Jesus. Jesus, Lord, Savior, Messiah, the Christ. This is the book we go to. The scriptures reveal to us who God is, who Jesus is supposed to be in our life. The Holy Spirit is that renewing, transforming power within us. The Holy Spirit strengthens us, empowers us, so we can feel, I would even say feel the heartbeat of God. That's a metaphor, but it's that, do you hear it? The the heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit connection that I feel God is calling us to. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I believe we need to ask to see the glory of the Lord in every area of our lives. Because if God, like I said before, if God is everywhere present, then his glory is available in every area of our life. I want to encourage you to expect to see, expect to experience the presence, the glory of the Lord. This is how we'll continue to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord. To be more like Jesus, we need a growing experience of him. You know how it is when a couple's been married for a long, long time, and they they kind of take on one another's traits and idiosyncrasies and different characteristics, and sometimes people say that, that a husband and wife may even begin to look like the other? Oh, boy. But it happens when people are intimately connected in relationship. Now, even more so than that, think of God's relationship with us. It's not reciprocal. It's that God is pouring into us the image of Jesus Christ. God is pouring into us our righteousness, our Christ righteousness. It's nothing that we've done, but it's all about what God has done through Christ Jesus our Lord. So the more we worship and praise, the more we exalt the name of Jesus, the more time we spend in his presence, the more time we pray throughout the day, the more we will grow to experience him. Jesus said it often. Let those who have ears, let them hear. Or I say it often, let, the, let, 
let's have the eyes to see, to see him. Let's be intentional about being willing to open ourselves up to be aware of the presence of God. Now, there are two obstacles to experiencing God's glory, and the first is unconfessed sin. We need to own up to the ways in which we've turned away from God, and it shouldn't be just a Sunday morning thing. Each and every day, you and I need to humble ourselves and say, hey, God, I've messed up. Forgive me. Get me back on track. I'm so sorry, God, for the ways in which I've just turned my back, for the ways in which I've lifted myself up instead of you. We've got to confess our sin, confess the sins of our family, our ancestors. That goes for for our, our churches throughout the community. We've got to be a repenting body of Christ. I feel it more than ever before. Who do we think we are? When we confess our sins, you know what it says? He is faithful and just to cleanse us and forgive us for all of our unrighteousness. So the first thing is, let's be about confession. Let's say we really are broken, wounded, sinful people. Let's name it. Let's get rid of it. And let's take on the cloth, the clothes of righteousness. And secondly, the other obstacle to experience that, to experiencing intimacy, the glory of God, is our pain and our brokenness. Because often, you and I are unwilling to name the reality that we don't have it all together. That we are weak and wounded and broken. And some of us are still carrying around shame and guilt. Some of us are still in this sinful mode of uh, uh, justifying ourselves and our actions. But if we can step into that pain, Jesus is right there waiting to do an incredibly new healing work within us. Don't be afraid. There's a song that says, you know, all the chains will be broken. We've got to get rid of the distractions. We've got to get rid of the strongholds. Be willing to step into your pain to do the, the tough work that you're being called to do, but then also to step into another person's pain, to be Jesus in the flesh, to journey alongside them, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You know, this will require us to be in places we probably don't want to be and to do things that we probably don't want to do. But if we're truly going to be the image bearers of Jesus Christ, if we're really going to live a life of being all in like we say we want to be as Christ followers, then we're going to have to deny ourselves to take up a cross, and to follow Jesus, follow his example for how we are to live our life. You know how I believe 
that every message needs a response. So I want you, and I'll be doing the very same thing, to be doing a a self-assessment of sorts, but a soul assessment. Where do you need to confess your sins? What have you said? What have you done? What are you involved in that's not healthy in body, in soul, or in spirit? What are you addicted to? How do you treat another person who you say you love, but your actions say anything other than that? What guilt, what shame are you carrying around? What is God calling you to leave here to finally say, I can't carry it anymore? What what is your pain? Rejection, bitterness, resentment, believing lies that somebody told you a long time ago? I believe that we can experience the glorious presence of God in powerful ways like never before if we would let down our walls, if we would be real with God and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the things that need to change or the things that we need to do or not do so that it would be pleasing to Him.